M&K Talk YA now presents The Raven Boys, Part 1, by Maggie Stiefvater. Welcome back to MNK Talk YA. I'm Marissa Snyder. And I'm Katie Bradford. And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. And this week we are starting a brand new series. It is The Raven Boys by Maggie Stiefvater. And it's a quadrology. And and it's a quadrology. (laughs) And I looked up how to say her name because I mispronounced it last week when we were introducing it. It's Steve Otter. Okay. So Steve Otter. I'm still going to mess it up in like five minutes. If Well, I said stiff otter before and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I'll remember the otter part, I think. I yeah. Forget Steve. I'll be like Bob Otter. No. <laughs> Just... Bob the Otter wrote this book underwater <laughs> with a clamshell on his stomach. Oh, and just to let you know, we read up to chapter 22 this week. It's always so exciting to start a new series because I have book hangovers and then we go to a new world and a new author and a new set of characters and it helps so much I like have already forgotten all about video games what are those same here (laughs) I couldn't agree more and like I don't know about you but this book completely sucks me in it sucked me in too except I know by the time we post this it'll be after but Halloween was yesterday Mm-hmm. versus when we're recording so I've been reading this book James has been in class I've been like in a Halloween mindset and I already like spook myself when I'm in the house alone at night like any noise or anything and so I like read a chapter and then I was like I need to go to bed so I don't have to like walk through the house later so I like went to bed Ooh. really early and like read in bed because I was, it was freaking you out it wasn't yeah I mean it was just like making me jumpy you know mm. like nothing mm-hmm. in the book was like scaring me but it was there was like enough mystery and enough it was like in the real world but you know a lot of this like spiritual stuff was going on and I was like I was, it was too suge- I was too open-minded and it was starting <laughs> to like I, I don't know <laughs> well that's funny because I was I started watching the new Sabrina this week is it creepy it's not okay. it's really good actually I okay. love it I've only seen two episodes but I was getting confused because it's so similar to this book oh is it? I mean at least in my mind it is cause it's about this girl who lives with a bunch of weird ants and they're witches and she's like a half witch so she's not really quite a witch she's like caught between two worlds there's like weird ceremonies that they do there's and then she's like really attracted to this boy who she has who's like her boyfriend I think it was just like her living with her aunts made me think of this book so much and I was getting the two confused in my mind a lot that's I mean I used to love the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch with Melissa Joan Hart so I like want to watch it because I love it but I was I can't watch it when James is at school. I need to like wait till he's or daytime or something. I need to skip work and watch shows like that because I just freak myself out. And we have like a lot of glass like windows and stuff. And so Mm. I start to like think I see things outside. It's not that scary. I mean, (laughs) I just finished The Haunting of Hill House too. And that was scary. And Sabrina's just like fun, fun, scary. It's not even scary. I shouldn't even say it's scary at all because it's not. It's just fun. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a try then. (laughs) Okay, so, so the speaking <laughs> of all the ants in the house, can we review okay. who is who? Because I was starting to get confused. So I know she, her mom is Mora, right? Mora, yeah. Or, yeah, and her name's Blue. Blue's like the first main character, but I guess yep. we have a bunch of main characters. And then her mom's half-sister just came to town, so she's not usually there, and that's Neve. Right. And then her mom's two friends live there. Who are the other ones who do the psychic readings with her? Pala and Persephone. Okay, and then who's Orla? <laughs> I was hoping you'd know that. <laughs> I totally forgot about Orla until she started talking about her yeah. like, later on. I think she's like an aunt too, but she's not doing the psychic re- And then they like made it sound like there's so many people in this house. And to be fair, there are- that already feels like a lot of women in the house. But I'm mm-hmm. like, are there even more people that I just don't, we don't even- know about? Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so I couldn't tell if there were like five women here or like 15 women here. <laughs> 
hush. That would be way too many women okay, maybe, in one house. Maybe 15 is a slight exaggeration. But yeah, I felt like there'd be like a chapter and I'd be like, wait, there's another one? <laughs> maybe that will maybe that will happen. Like every couple of chapters, we'll get a new woman who lives in the house and we'll be like, who the heck's this? And then I was trying to keep them straight. So, okay. So Kala and Persephone are not actually related. No, I think they're just her mom's Mars friends. They're just good friends who also have psychic abilities. Right. Which is also why, because she did talk about, like, family and aunts and stuff. So I was like, there have to be at least... I think Orla must be a family member in the house. But yeah. I don't know if there's even more of them or if she's the only one or what. Uh, yeah, but I think we get the idea of, like, Blue lives in this house with a bunch of clairvoy- clairvoyant women, and she's the only one who is not a psychic or a medium. But yeah. I like the idea that Blue amplifies their powers. That's yes, really cool. Yes, that was cool. So she's, like, kind of related. Like, she fits in because she's not mm-hmm. purely human, but she doesn't get any of the, like, benefits. Right. And she has this horrible fate, which is that if she kisses her true love, he will die. Yeah. Which, <laughs> everyone dies. So, like, why would you... I don't know. If that if I, someone told me that was my fate, I'd be like, well, yeah, he's going to die eventually, so what does it matter? Yeah, and we've seen in other books or we've talked about it before like fates are really misleading right like maybe they're technically true but that doesn't mean like it's really hard to like take them at face value I was actually thinking of you because I know you dislike fates and predictions and stuff like that and I was like "Ooh, I hope this book isn't going to be a problem for her yeah I think I'm kind of curious to see how much more it plays out I what I like so far is it's still pretty like vague and they haven't gotten to the point where it's like you're She's not, like, obsessed with her fate, and it's not, like, I'm kind of, I'm still open-minded to it. Okay, good. Yeah. And then the thing is that now Neve shows up, her mom's sister, and she said, she announces that this year, her 16th year, is when she's going to fall in love. Yes, and it's the first time, so every year she goes to the corpse road with her mom, or in this case her aunt, and they count, or they get the names of all the people who are going to die in town or something. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time she's seen somebody, and Neve says the reason for that is because either she kills him or it's her true love. And right. given her fate, it could be both. <laughs> and <laughs> it took me a while to realize that it was only the names of the people in town who were dying because I was like, oh my God, they'd be there forever if it was everyone who's going to die that year. <laughs> I know. Well, that was interesting too because I guess some old people in town like use them to like give them a warning if. Yeah. their names on the list or something but it's like what if your kid moves away and you're like damn it now I don't know when you're gonna die or something I don't know it's so weird that they like pay them to find out if they're gonna die that year I would not want to know I don't I wouldn't want to know either nope 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 on, on either case I feel like it would be like kind of dangerous to also be like I'm gonna live like I survived this year right I don't know just kind of like open it, I don't know knowing the date of your death freaks me Oof. out and at least it's vague enough. But then again, it's still vague enough. Knowing you're going to die sometime over the course of the year, not knowing how and not knowing specifically when is a little bit less fate-ish. No, that would be torture. Well, I still wouldn't want to know, but I'm just saying at least it's not like, I feel like it would be worse if it was like, I'm going to tell you how and when you're going to die. That would be worse. See, I'd prefer that because then you'd spend the whole year waiting for it to like never knowing if like this was going to be the day. Oh, I can think of nothing worse. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be good. Well, I really I wouldn't know. pay someone to tell me anyways. That's true. We'll never be in this situation, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then the name she hears, or the per- the boy she sees, mm-hmm. is Gainsey. Yes. And he's one of four Raven Boys. Let's talk about the Raven Boys. Okay, so technically the Raven Boys is everybody who goes to Aglianby, or whatever the school <laughs> is called. horrible right? name. Yeah. Ag- Aglianby. Okay. Yeah. And the four of them are like this kind of weird little posse. <laughs> mm-hmm. A weird little gang of boys who are very different. And I kind of hope we get more of how they all came together because Gainsey is kind of the leader, it seems like, or sort of... The heart. Yeah. Yeah. They all seem to have a connection to him, if not with each other as much. Yeah, he's like the... He ties them all together. Yep. He's the connective tissue. And we know, well, now we know that he had some near-death experience with bees at some point in his life. (laughs) That was surprising. Yep. Well, and that was weird because I was like, okay, did he technically die already? Because it sounded like he was very close to dying from that That's a great question. Okay, but we also know, so 
I'm just, this is going back a little bit. Another thing that Neve told us about him is she like, I forget what it's called, but she like looked in that bowl of water to try to figure out more details about how he mm-hmm. died and he like vanished. And yeah. apparently that's something that happens in this town. She was scrying. Yeah. yeah. And she was looking into space where she saw him disappear. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, kind of to that point, like, is it possible, like, does he die or is it something like maybe he like leaves Earth somehow and that like counts as, or I don't know, like, may, like or maybe, you know, it's not like a, it's not dying, dying. It could be like technically Passing dying. to another dimension, maybe. Yeah. Ooh, maybe they go to a different dimension. I mean, with all this other stuff that's going on with this quest that Gainsey is on, I wouldn't put other dimensions out of the realm of possibility. Me either. So yeah, so Gainsey's the leader. Do you want to talk about his quest? Mm, should we talk about the other boys first? Okay. I don't know. Who do you want to do next? Can we talk about <laughs> Noah and just get him out of the way? Because I don't really know who he is yet. <laughs> I wrote down three words about him and that's it. And they are dead, question mark, and then doesn't eat. And that's how he introduced himself and that's all literally all we know. <laughs> and he's, wait, what do they, smudgy or something? How, how do they smudgy. keep like describing him? Like they kind of like act like, yeah. <laughs> There's been some funny adjectives, I feel like, when they're like, he's the whatever one. And he's, like, not there as much. The other, Adam and Ronan are definitely stronger characters so far. For sure. Um, I hope not, we learn more about Noah, because yeah, I think it's weird that he's not eating, and he introduced himself as, like, I've been dead a long time or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm intrigued about him, but so far we don't know anything. Yep. Okay, so that's Noah. Except we know he does seem to be a very aware person. Yeah, we'll give him that. Because he, I feel like when he talks, it carries a lot of weight. Or like, you know, it's usually right. Yeah. He doesn't bother to say it, but like when he does. Okay. Then okay. I feel like Adam's the second least complicated. Oh, well, I don't know. He's pretty complicated too. Cause he's, he's he's pretty complicated, but Ronan's like really complicated. Yeah, we'll save Ronan for last. Okay. <laughs> so I think what's interesting about Adam is all the Raven boys t- tend to be very wealthy and a little, mm-hmm. I won't say snobby, but they definitely are an elite group of boys, I'd say. Yeah. Whereas Adam is on scholarship and he's very poor, very sensitive about money, and he's very proud about it too. So he gets into like big fights with Gainsey and the rest of the boys when they try to offer to buy him a cell phone or give him anything that he mm-hmm. hasn't earned. He gets really really upset about that and at least his friends seem to like they don't care that he's poor but because of how they act around money he's very like aware and sensitive about it yeah because they are insensitive a little bit about it like they've all grown up very very wealthy and so they just are a little clueless about how the normal people perceive money and how (laughs) they handle money and what money means they're just like clueless Two other things about Adam. One, we now know that his father is abusive, correct? Yes. His dad's been hitting him. He seems like a real, real terrible person. Yeah. But we don't know a lot about his family life except that. And we know that he's trying really hard to kind of like get out of that life and cycle or whatever. Like he's working all these jobs. He's trying to get good grades. He like really wants right. to make something of himself his, on his own. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is he likes blue. Oh, I know. And he was so cute when he gave her the flowers. And they were so awkward at that diner. And, like, she was rightfully very angry with Gainsey for how he handled it. Yeah. But I I just don't know what's going to happen because I like the idea of Adam and Blue together. But I think Blue and Gainsey have some kind of fate thing where, like, they're going to fall in love. And I don't know how that's going to affect Adam. Yeah. I'm so curious to see that, too, because... I am liking Adam for her more at the moment based on what they have in common and mm-hmm. you know but I'm curious to see how it plays out to your point because if her fate is that his best friend is her true love uh, that, that could get a little complicated <laughs> and also like ugh, it would just be so typical you know like I'm thinking of it from Adam's perspective like he meets this girl he's really into her and then she dishes him for his rich best friend who gets everything or like yeah. has always had everything handed to him. I don't know. That would really bother me. <laughs> Maybe it's some other complicated weird fate thing where like actually Adam's her true love, but some she does something that somehow affects Gainsey and then Adam is so upset and then or I don't know. But that not dying. <laughs> I'm trying to like make a weird loop. I like where you're going. Anyways, yes, I'm very curious to see how that untangles itself. Yes, me too. 
And it's a good, it's just like a good tension to put at the beginning of a book. Like I'm, yeah. I, my curiosity is peaked already in four different ways, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because Blue knows that too. Like she knows his name, Gainsey's name, and mm-hmm. she knows why she probably saw him and she knows her fate and she's still like kind of pursuing his, fr- like I'm kind of, like I don't know what I would do if I somehow knew like this person is my true love, even if I didn't like them initially, I'd be like intrigued in a different them. way. Yeah, absolutely. agree. So that'll be interesting to see. Okay, and last but certainly not least. (laughs) Then we have Ronan. (laughs) Okay, so he's one of three boys. We've met his Mm -hmm. older brother. What's his name? Declan? Declan. Or Declan? Declan. I don't know how to pronounce that name, actually. Okay, I've been saying Declan in my mind. Declan. Let's go with that. That's one of the names I didn't look up. I had to look up Glandor um Llewellyn and Chesney no Cherney is that how you pronounce it that was not how I was pronouncing it okay (laughs) I'm just gonna not say anyone's names and you can I don't know we'll figure (laughs) we can edit it back in I'll be like that guy yeah (laughs) yeah we should get me to just say each name one time and then I'll just edit it over every single time it's like Declan It'll be in like that automated yeah. recording sound. Yeah, I'll be like in a different octave and yeah. Okay, so him and his brother do not get along Mm-mm. at all. They've literally come to, I can't, isn't there like a phrase? Violence. Yeah. Come to blows. Resorted to violence. Come to blows. Mm-hmm. His dad is dead. Yeah, his dad got his head bashed in with a tire. Yeah, and his dad Yikes. was obviously a really wealthy person, so it's not like, it, it's not like it was like some random they live in a bad part of town and like you'd think this had to be in some calculated kind of but he was targeted wasn't he i mean you would think so right we don't really know a lot of details but yeah <laughs> we don't i just remember there was a tire involved and right ronan found him and ronan found him yeah yeah so it sounds like he was and like I was just like horrified by that and maybe maybe I added this detail, but I felt like he was like in his car in the driveway and just like never came home that night because he was murdered there. And yeah. then his son came out the next day and found him or something. Mm-hmm. But we also now know, or or some psychic revelation has suggested that his dad was killed because of some secret that Ronan actually knows about. Right, because they go to Blue's mom for a psychic reading and who was it oh it was Ronan he was like he was like I demand you to tell me something that is something only I know right he like yeah. was challenging them because he didn't really believe they were psychic and Kala was Kala's one who has that ability where she can touch someone and find out everything about them so she like touched his tattoo right yep and that's how she knew about this secret yeah I was trying to look up like different types of psychic skills or abilities mm-hmm. because I was curious about that so yeah she has psycho- psychometry Psycho- oh, psychometry okay the ability to read an object through touch that's a fun skill yeah so we're gonna find out what this secret is and back again to that same reading because they were really there to find out about the ley lines but we got they each got to pull over or flip over a card and they were telling them mm-hmm. their future mm-hmm. Gainsey kept getting the card that has like blue on it or the page of cups the yeah so he got that when blue picked for him which should have been fine but then Mara was like no 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 that doesn't count anymore and then he pulled it out himself Mm -hmm. normally and then the third time he got like the death card right yeah but and it was a knight which I thought was kind of interesting oh yeah yeah. he's like on this quest and yeah he picked the the death card which, okay, which reminds uh, me though. So there was a strange guy who came to the house before this reading. Welk, the Latin teacher. Was it him? I'm assuming it. I mean, yeah, okay. it, it was. Okay, that's what I was assuming too. I just wanted to make sure that we were assuming the same thing. Cool. Yeah, and he also did, or they do a triple reading for him, and they pick the Page of Cups. Yep. And then I love when um, Blue's mother just cancels the reading, and she was like, I hope you never find what you're looking for. Yeah. Because it seems like... He Welk is on the same quest that Gainsey is. Yeah, so and he's like maybe not a whole generation, but he's older than these other boys. It sounds like mm-hmm. he basically was Gainsey before, you know, had everything, yeah. then lost all his money. Now he's like very resentful of where he is. It's like, why go back and teach at that school if it's just going to make you miserable? But okay. Yeah, masochist. He's like rubbing salt in his wounds. And his best friend died somehow on this quest. Charity. We don't know the details. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and there was like a ritual involved, mm-hmm. and then 
I guess when he lost all his money, when his like dad went to jail for tax fraud or whatever, Welk became very serious about the quest. And that's like when he started pursuing it. And then that's how um, Cherney died. So should we talk about the quest? We don't really know the details. Um, yes, let's do it. I was actually, I I read a little bit about what the Page of Cups meant too. Oh, okay, tell us. Just because I was curious. It's actually, it's pretty simple. So it represents creativity and okay. innovation. And it's, if you look at it, it's a youth wearing a blue, tur- like a blue headdress kind of thing, scarf. And he's holding a golden chalice and there's a fish coming out of it. And he's standing on a beach in front of blue waves. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of blue in it, which is kind of interesting. But I guess the fish is supposed to represent like the how inspiration can surprise you, like a like a burst of inspiration can come at you at any time. Fair, okay. Oh, it's a beret that he's wearing, like the French hat. Yeah. T- it's French, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He kind of looks like a troubadour, though. But if you if you pick it and it, the card is upright. It means that you should be open to new ideas, especially ones that stem from intuitive inspiration. So it's like embrace your creativity. Cool. But if you uh, draw the card and it's reversed, Mm -hmm. so the reversal meaning stands for um, like a block in your creativity. So there's things that you want to do that you find interesting, but somehow there's something preventing you from doing it. So what do we think this means relation to the quest? They're going to uncover something or they're going to be blocked? Well, I don't think they're going to be blocked because I think, well, I don't know how they, how they pick the cards, but I think, I think it means creative opportunities are awaiting them. That makes sense. I also think it's interesting because they've kind of alluded to this in multiple ways and just the fact that the story is starting here. It's like Mm -hmm. something is shifting or things are lining, like something, they all feel this like something's about to happen, right? Yeah. And, and I feel like kind that of, kind of plays in with that idea, too, of like a sudden inspiration, like so, all of a sudden I think they're going to realize something or figure something out or whatever. A hundred percent. So I thought that was a cool tie-in. That is cool. And they also said it's it represents how creative opportunities can come out of the blue, which I was like, oh, I read that and I got chills. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's talk about this quest. So what are they looking for, Marissa? <laughs> Well, they're looking for a dead king who they want to wake up, so he'll grant them one wish. They're looking for a dead Welsh king. Yeah, in, in America. In Virginia. In Virginia. Okay, <laughs> just making sure that I like read that and I was, you know, getting ready for bed and stuff. So I was in the morning. I was like, did I make that up? But no. Okay. <laughs> nope. They're looking for this king called Glendor. Okay. I was gonna wait and let you say that. Glendor. <laughs> Glendor. Glendor. Okay. Um, I guess that's his name. That's what his name is now. <laughs> so we're calling him. <laughs> yeah, he's the dead king sleeping in a tomb, and he's waiting to be woken up. And the legend is that he's um, whoever wakes him up will be granted one wish. Which I'm also curious about because there's like a band of people together, and they all want a wish. I'm curious if, like, if they find him, like if the Raven Boys, for example, find the king. Do they mm-hmm. each get a wish? Do they have to agree on a wish? Does one oh, of them technically first? I'm kind of what if they all that. will come up at once? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Like they all screamed at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one Ronan would just scream first on accident or something. Or on purpose. And we also know that Glendor is somehow related to ravens, right? Yeah, he's called the the Raven King, and legend says that he can speak to ravens and, like, they're his symbolic bird. And Ronan has a baby raven he named Chainsaw. Chainsaw. <laughs> which I kind of love. I do, too. That's such a great name for a I raven. think Ronan's my favorite so far. Really? Oh, I like Gainsey the best by far. Ronan's Gain- so prickly. I know. Ronan's, like, the pirate in the group, though. That's what, He That's reminds true. me the most of a pirate. Gainsey's like the noble, like... He's the knight. King. Yeah, or the knight. Yeah, that's fair. Adam is the peasant boy. Oh, no. And Noah yeah. is... Uh, the, not really the there. Jester? <laughs> no, Jester is like way too much personality. That's very true. What is Noah? I don't know. This, this analogy like... ends there. Yeah, that's true. We got three out of four. Noah can be... I don't know. The fair maiden, because blue is 
not. Or like the mystic. He's like the Rasputin Nostradamus mystic, like hiding in the background. Maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm pulling things out we're, of my hat. We're right trying. Now. Okay, so we've got a pirate, a knight, <laughs> a peasant, a peasant, and oh, Noah. I can't call him that. That's so bad. <laughs> okay, I'm teasing. Um, and and Noah. And Noah. <laughs> that's that's really good. The peasant, the knight, the pirate, and Noah. That's and like okay, a band name right there. So they're looking for this king because they want this wish, and Gainsey has this like. In part, maybe because he had died and he's like, if I survive or almost died, I because I survived this, I like have to live for something bigger. He like just he feels like destined to do something great. And this is what he's like latched on to do. Mm-hmm. Well, he I think a big thing is he hates being defined by his money, by his school, by his family. Mm-hmm. Like and this is very true in this book. People see the Raven boys and they immediately make assumptions about them without getting to know them. And yeah. Blue does the same thing. Yeah. And so I think... Gainsey really wants to believe that there's more to the world and he wants to do something that he earned instead of, you know, having something handed to him. And he, like, recognizes that there's meaning in that. So <laughs> he's going on this quest. Yeah, he's got, like, a, a noble part to him. Although, yeah. what does Blue keep calling him again? Like, the cell phone king or something? Or Oh, what? yeah. Whatever her nickname is. I like how she keeps talking about how that, like, is a mask that slips sometimes, especially around his mm-hmm. friends. Um, I kind of like this idea of him kind of having a public persona and then this group of people he's really comfortable with. I think they all kind of have two personas, which I find real interesting. Because, like, Gainsey said something about how he really wants to bring back the Ronin he knew before Ronin's dad died. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think there's a second half to Ronin, too, where he's not this hard, tough, prickly guy. At least he wasn't you know, when Gainsey first met him. And so I'm curious to see, like, if that comes back. Do we strip away some of those layers? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even Adam, too. Like, he, at home, he's very different than how he is with the rest of the boys, I feel. I feel like he has to be. Well, and he puts on this public persona for sure because he's trying to convince other people and himself that he, like, fits in and belongs there. He's mm-hmm. so, like, self-conscious about being different that yep. he's, like, yeah. So, so that's fair. And Noah has that whole other personality that we've yet to half, half of the time. <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird that she would be like so straight. Like all the other boys have such interesting, interesting stories, and then it's just, and then there's Noah. Well, I we don't talk. We about still him. have four. I mean, we still have three and a half <laughs> books. I think Noah is going to be much more interesting at some point, um, but not in the first couple hundred pages. <laughs> he he can be the underdog. Okay. Like he'll, they'll all discount him, and then he'll he'll be the one to wake the king. <gasps> oh, wouldn't that be something? And he's and he's secretly blues true love, and what else? I don't know. And he killed Ronan's father. Those are my he's predictions. Secretly, a, he is the Raven King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's it. They have to wake him up, and then <laughs> his second personality, the Raven King, will come out. Oh man. Okay, we got weird. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. If you woke up the dead Raven King and were granted one wish, what would it be? Oh my goodness, that's a really good question. I know, and I didn't give you any time to prepare. I actually didn't give myself any time to prepare either because I just thought of it now. I, I might have to answer either later in this episode or next week for real. Okay, but my, that can like, be our question for next week. And and nothing serious. My first, like today, I would just be like, I want you to find me the perfect house that I can afford with hmm. all these requirements in this location in my budget because we're house hunting or okay. just finish planning all the details of my wedding perfectly and I can just go and have fun <laughs> just like yeah, relieve the, the stress I, I don't want like I mean let's not make this be like the one wish of my life that I want just like a fun a fun wish or Maybe like Toby lives like a puppy for Forever. my whole life yeah <laughs> banjo becomes immortal (laughs) that would be a great wish okay we can think of that next week (laughs) so there's not too much pressure but yeah like if if it if it happened like right this moment like i wasn't on this quest and thinking about it ahead of time it would be one of those like two kind of silly ones where it's just like the stuff that's on my mind right now (laughs) i don't blame you really i should like wish for money or something and then i could have both of those things without Uh, i would (laughs) wish for an infinite number of more wishes (laughs) And then I would get really, really, I would really be in trouble then. Because I to would like, start wishing. Ooh, you know what would be cool? To like be mm-hmm. able to read without it taking any time. 
Oh my gosh, that's always been one of my wishes. Like, I could just, this is so stupid. I used to wish that I could just lay my hand down on a book and be able to read it instantaneously. Yeah, but like still, like not like, like experience all of it, but like not have any time pass. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, um, oh, I always wished that I could retain every bit of knowledge I ever learned. Oh, I do too. Think about how much more interesting this podcast would be if I like actually remember things I read. <laughs> Same here. Or just like, I, I feel like I listen to so many cool podcasts and then the, someone will be like, oh, what was that cool podcast about? And I'll be like, uh, I, I know I liked okay. it. You know, you know what's embarrassing? Hmm. I sometimes listen to our podcast <laughs> a few weeks later or, you know, like I'll like check something. Yeah. Quality control. Yeah, or, you know, I'll, I'll, someone asked for a recommendation and I, like, double-check where we left off or something, and I'll be like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Or, like, <laughs> I'll be, like, listening to myself explain something that I researched, talked about, probably edited or listened to, you know, probably told James about, talked about for a week, and then, like, completely forgot, like, mm-hmm. a month later. <laughs> yep, it's terrible. I don't know. Or, like, I'll, I'll read a book and I will forget everything about the book. Yeah. Well, that's part of why I need to read uh, or why I like to wait till the whole series is out for a book and like read them all together yeah. because otherwise I like pick it up and I'm like, who are these people? Who are these characters? Why do I care? <laughs> I know. I totally agree. I mean, that's why we have this rule in place. Yep. No, no reading books before everything's out. I was actually looking at the other four books in this series and one thing I'm super happy about is mm. they are nearly all the same length. Yeah, I did. I noticed that too. Which is so, thank God, because there's nothing worse than like getting a four series book and the first one is like 200 pages and Mm -hmm. then the last one is like 600 pages and I'm talking about Red Queen. (laughs) Really? (laughs) He didn't know. Or the Lunar Chronicles were kind of the same way. That's true. That's very, but I really liked the Lunar Chronicles, so I didn't really mind. But yeah, it's like. I I like both. And I think it's like. I really appreciate that the author was able to like plan out her books appropriately yeah <laughs> so that they're all relatively the same length well it is interesting because I think compared to some of the authors we've read this she's done series before successfully that's true that's very because I think Red Queen was a, a debut right and then it like became a bigger thing so mm-hmm. I don't know no that's probably true so she, she probably has more experience with that with pacing and pl- yeah but yeah it is nice and I mean, I guess 400 pages isn't a short book, but it does feel short compared to some of the stuff we've read. And then 200 pages a week, basically, it's like, I can, I can keep That's this That's a perfect pace. length. Yeah. yeah. I'm not worried at all. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes that's the hard part, doing all the stuff we do in between a podcast and research oh and God, reading yeah. like 400 pages. 400 pages. <laughs> in addition to all the other like reading we do and stuff. So That's true. Um, so did you do any research this week? I was starting to freak myself out just from reading this book. So I was like, I'm going to look into pygmy tyrants you know how blue was talking about maybe i should just like leave and study pygmy tyrants out in the world but they were really really boring they're like some weird small bird and i got bored so instead i started looking up different things about like what are different psychic abilities what should you do before going to see a psychic and how to hone your own psychic abilities so have you ever been to a psychic i haven't you have right i have yeah i had my cards read I was thinking about it, though. I was like, I feel like for this podcast, I should also go, and then we should, like, talk about our experiences on here. Oh, that would be so much fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, I loved my experience. How did you find your psychic? Random. I was in California visiting a friend, and we had, like, three hours to kill before she drove me to the airport, and (laughs) we just, like, walked into the store, and she was like, hey, do you want to get your cards read? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) I, I really do. And so I just booked an appointment right there, and I was with the guy for an hour. Wow. <laughs> but he was so cool. And he, I mean, probably I liked it because I, like, agreed with everything he said. And he's he honestly did say some really, like, amazingly surprising stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything. Anything you can share? Yeah. So what I was surprised about was he read my energy not by the cards that I picked specifically. Like, he didn't say, like, oh, you picked the Page of Cups, this means this. Or, oh, you picked Death, this means that. He read my energy based on how I picked the cards. Interesting. Okay. Like, I won't tell you specifics, but, like, he was like, okay, take this deck and pull out um, ten cards. He was like, just use your intuition, like, do whatever feels natural. 
And so I, I picked 10 cards and, you know, I flipped them over. And he told me so much stuff about me just in the way I handled the cards, which I loved. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. He said, he was, he was like, okay, you have, he was like, if I was going to guess what your profession is, he was like, you're a writer. And I was like, oh, yes, I, I actually am a writer. And he was like, but the writing you're doing is not creative. He was like, hmm. wow. isn't that crazy? Yeah. He was like, you're a writer, keep doing what you're doing. And that's fine, but you need something creative on the side. <laughs> and then we started a podcast on the side. That is so interesting. Isn't that nuts? I should have totally seen one like a month ago instead of now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I should still see one now. So You should. I totally recommend it. It was fun. I looked up a little bit about which who what kind of psychic you should see based on what questions you have. Mm. Okay. So you went to a tarot card reading, which mm-hmm. is is kind of like your traditional psychic or intuitive reader. And you want to go if you have sort of like specific questions about what you should do given a certain situation. So it could be like business or career. I'm not happy with my job. Should I look somewhere else? I have this mm-hmm. business idea. Will it be successful? It could be love related. You know, my ex and I don't get along, but we can't stay apart. What should we do? Or, you know, what's going on? Family dynamics, that kind of stuff. Mm. So that's kind of like the traditional psychic reading and the reader will sense things about you by using their own intuition sensing things in your energy fields um possibly receiving information telepathically from your spirit guides that's like kind of a psychic reading the tarot cards you interpret what is selected and it's also very intuition based but there's a second kind of reading which i didn't know about called an akashic record reading have you heard of that no it's if you want to like go really deep and get clarity but it's not as much like quick answers or predictions or like you know this one specific thing so i guess it's kind of around this idea that you so your akashic record is a vibrational record of your soul Mm. so a lot of people believe it's like kind of like a collection of all your previous and future lives oh and it's another intuitive reading but it's like digging into that and you can get in touch with your own Akashic record as well if you study it and have that ability. Okay. And then the third is also kind of popular and seen in a lot of, you know, like what people think about. It's the medium reading, um, which is, you know, I want to connect with my grandfather who passed away or or things like that. Every medium is a psychic. Not every psychic is a medium. Gotcha. Um, So medium is specifically someone who can connect with like the energy of someone who's no longer with us or can Mm -hmm. um deliver messages from like specific you know that kind of i am not Mm -hmm. using good words yeah deliver messages like from beyond yep so do you want to hear four signs you might be a psychic yes okay these are kind of silly but (laughs) this i like stopped because this is the first one on this list two glasses of wine make you more insightful (laughs) (laughs) at least to your own self (laughs) (laughs) but the it was actually interesting like read more of the details here they're basically saying if you, when you're not trying, if you're more relaxed, you'll be more likely to have these kind of intuitive moments mm. where you can see solutions and stuff. And for some people, drinking a glass of wine kind of puts them in the proper one or two glasses of wine, the perfect amount of like relaxed state to be in touch with their own intuitive abilities. And a strong indication you might be psychic is if you're one of those people who maybe you just miss it as being like tipsy and over emotional. But once you've had that glass of wine, you're like much better at like knowing things about the people around you without being told. Oh, okay. Because it's like you don't have inhibitions anymore and you don't yeah. doubt yourself. And you're not, yeah, you're basically not overthinking it. Mm-hmm. Another sign is your new friend looks blue or red or whatever color what so basically psychics perceive people differently they kind of talked about it a little bit and oh like you see people's color or our auras yeah yeah so they said even if you so it's called synthesia synthesia i don't know how to say this synesthesia i'm gonna say it like that okay it's basically a condition where your senses are swapped and it's pretty common in psychics so if you like meet people and you tend to associate them with like a color or a flower Mm. or you like always a musical note or something like more with a particular sense that doesn't directly tie then you know obviously it's not the same as like oh I think of this song because it was their favorite song like that's not quite the same thing but if you like kind of experience that and oftentimes associate someone in that way it Mm. might be a sign that you could be a psychic that's pretty cool yeah I'm not a psychic. <laughs> 100%. Sign three, your gut has saved your life or your budget. I feel like that's 
just basically mm. your really good intuition. Has that ever happened to you? Where like you had a gut feeling about something and you didn't do it and it saved your life? I feel like it has, but I haven't read into it that much. So I, I'm i like superstitious and stuff. So I like kind of put weight on signs mm. and, or, you know, like, I mean, but like mm-hmm. not like heavily. So yeah. I feel like I've probably been in, influ- I can't think of a great example basically, but I wouldn't say I've never done it. <laughs> uh, that happened to my mom actually. Okay. It was really weird. She was like, she was on vacation somewhere and um, she was like with another couple that she and my dad had met when they were on vacation and they were with some, they were doing some kind of outdoor activity. I don't remember what it was, but like they had to meet on this rock or something to like, it was like the meeting point. Mm-hmm. And this other couple was like, hey, we're going to go for a swim and we're going to swim around the rock and like meet on the other side because the other option was like you walk on the beach to get there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the woman was like, yeah, we're going to go for a swim like you and your husband should join us. And my mom was like in the water about to go and she was like, this doesn't feel right. And she backed up and she was like, we're going to take the other route. So she and my dad ended up walking to the meeting point and this woman and her husband swam to it. And while they were out there, the sea completely turned and it got really choppy. And it was like, it was like crashing this woman and her husband against the, the rocks. Oh my God. Uh, I forget where they were. And like they made it, like they, they survived and everything. But the woman, like when she finally got to shore, she was completely battered. Like, it looked like someone had beaten her up because that's how, like, hard the waves were pushing her against the rocks. And, like, you've met my mom. She's, like, barely five feet and weighs, like, 100 pounds. And the woman was, like, she she came up to her afterwards and she was, like, I'm so glad you didn't come with me. I don't think you would have made it. And my mom was just, like, oh. Oh, my goodness. Probably right. That is creepy. It was nuts. In a cool way. Oh, I know. I felt so bad for those people, though. Yeah, but at least they lived. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I feel like there's a ton of those stories that people have. There's always someone who, like, has a crazy story where it's like, I felt like I shouldn't do this and, you know, the plane crashed or, like, you know. Yeah. Or even, like, sometimes I have those urges to, like, call people. Like, I don't really like to talk on the phone. And if I do, I like it to be, like, ske- Like, I like to mm. mentally prepare. I don't like to, like, randomly call people very often. But you know how sometimes you're like, oh, I need to call. This is, yeah. like, the creepiest thing that happened to me, but it wasn't. I wasn't intuitive. I just am weird. I was – so I did three weeks in the Alaska and Outback, and I didn't have any, like, access to phones or anything. And this one time I – or I spent 48 hours completely alone – and I started having like really strong feeling that something had happened to my baby sister. And I oh, was like freaking out that like I was going to get a letter or get back to mm. civilization and like something bad would have happened. But she was completely fine. So I don't know. Mm. Maybe I have another secret baby sister out there in the world. Maybe. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. But sign number four is that your dreams seep into your waking life in surprising ways. So oh. if you have, you know, like you have a dream that someone tells you where your missing bracelet is and the next day you find it in the same spot or, mm-hmm. you know, even a daydream about, oh, I like randomly was daydreaming about holding a trophy and then like mm-hmm. 20 minutes later you get awarded something, you know, like things mm-hmm. like that. Um or even kind of like picturing something before it happens. Like one of the examples was this lady was like, the flight attendant handed me my drink and I just had this image of it spilling on my keyboard. But oh, she yeah. was like, but I ignored it and like logic overruled. It was a smooth flight and I took the drink. I was really thirsty. And then like a few minutes later, the man in front of me reclined his seat and knocked my drink over or something, you know, just like mm-hmm. those kind of things. And I think it's kind of interesting because it goes back to what Gainsey was saying about coincidences. Like a lot of that stuff, I'm like, to some extent, I think... I, I don't think I'm psychic, but to some extent, some of these things like will happen to me in like a really small degree, and it could mm-hmm. be more of a psychic or energy thing that I give it credit for, because yeah. I'm just very much like, oh, it's just a coincidence, or, uh, you know, half the time I think one thing and nothing happens of it, so like, like occasionally when I do, I shouldn't read too much, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I totally believe some people are more sensitive than others. My oh, sister's yeah. a little bit like that, and so is my dad, actually. Yeah, and I think that's part of it too so I don't think that it's not a thing I just think it's like not a thing in my life really yeah totally I'm like thick as a box of rocks like I don't have any kind of sensitive inclination I don't see ghosts I don't you know I don't experience any of that but my sister does which is a little bit weird I mean not weird but like she's had things like that happen to her where she says she has like flashes of things that happen before they do and it's strange yeah I think 
part of me like that freaks me out to think of it happening to me but then the other part of me is like if it naturally was happening to me it probably wouldn't freak me out as much maybe I don't know is it she like how does she feel about it I I don't I don't I mean I think it's kind of unsettling yeah I should ask her about it I just remember like once we were driving and there were like four of us in the car and we got into a car crash and it wasn't bad or anything but like someone rear-ended us and she looked at me and she was like I thought she was she was like I saw that happening or something like that she was like I totally foresaw we were gonna have a car crash and I was like what what are you talking about (laughs) that would freak me out yeah I totally believe it's possible but that's why because I like don't understand it it like yeah unsettling is a really good word for it Mm -hmm. there are supposedly ways you can like hone your natural abilities and supposedly anyone can become more psychic but obviously some people have a natural gift and Mm. like don't have to work as hard or work goes farther than you know like I I think even if I did all of the things on this list I don't think I would become very psychic (laughs) me either okay what do you do to hone your psychic ability oh some of it is it's kind of one of those things where it's like it's kind of silly but also like I guess that's how you would do it so they were like predict the future like start just making predictions and like see how well you do and try and get better at it and Mm. like try and listen to yourself so you know predict the outcome of sports matches and like before you pick up the phone, state who it is. Now that we have caller ID, that's probably not as relevant. You know, like just kind of like start to make predictions and like follow up and see how close you are and try and like think about it and feel like basically just like become aware, mm. but like practice predicting. Yeah, and then chances are you'll get one, right? Well, yeah, that's why it's kind of like some of this because they also like say practice telepathy with a friend and like you try and like think and transmit like a color or a word or something to someone else and like swap places but it's like also at what point especially if it's a friend do you kind of like are you really like re getting what they're sending you or are you just picking up on other clues yeah. or you know or other people's anxieties you know like but then even that it's like but also that is kind of like a sensitivity thing and being aware of and more yeah that's what like, I think it's a sensitivity thing yeah. like you almost feel empathy for the other like it's it's almost like an empathetic connection mm-hmm. and that's what I was gonna say before actually because my sister and I were both flying at the same time and I had a really bad flight the last time I I went to Seattle and I've never had this happen to me ever, but I got on the flight and I immediately felt really sick. Mm-hmm. And I started panicking, thinking that I was going to be sick on this plane. And I was, I felt really trapped and I was like freaking out. And mm-hmm. I spent the entire flight just like slow breathing, like trying to calm myself down, being like, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to get sick. You're fine. And I landed and I texted my sister and I was like, the weirdest thing just happened to me. And I explained what happened. And she was like, oh my God, the exact same thing happened to me. Oh and we goodness. were like, I know, isn't that super crazy? We were having like psychosomatic sister stuff. <laughs> That's cool. It was so weird though, because she was like, that has never happened to me ever in my entire life. So what was she doing while you were on the plane? She was flying to Patagonia. Oh. Or not too, she was like on a flight within, she was like traveling and she was on a flight as well. Oh, okay. I didn't, I thought she, okay. That's, that doesn't make it any less weird, I guess, but. Isn't that so weird? It's so strange. I don't know. It was like bizarre to me. Yeah. It's all this stuff where I like almost don't want to understand it better because it, like I said, I just, I'm, it like starts to freak me out. But again, I don't even know why, because you know, in this book and in most of these stories I've read, it's not like a negative or scary thing. It's you often like a positive thing or like getting answers or getting clarity or at least it's not like it's not like hauntings always or like you know and but like for some reason I just feel kind of like I don't know standoffish from it like in a I don't want to get too just removed from it yeah yeah I don't know that's fair I love this kind of topic though because I feel like everyone has a cool story and it's just like really fun to think about it is really fun to think about and I I do kind of want to go see a psychic now and See how that you absolutely goes. should yeah. like they I don't know I mean even if it's not true whatever I just think it's fascinating yeah and like sometimes they they just say things that like sometimes make sense to me n- n- not personally but just like in general like my psychic was like you need to be careful because you have really karmic energy and I was like what does that mean and he was like when you think good things about people good things happen to them but if you harbor like negative thoughts towards people, bad things happen to them. Have you been hating me secretly? <laughs> oh, no. 
kidding. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You're like, she never edits the podcast because something's always wrong. And then you're making something go wrong. And, and it's I'm this vicious bad cycle. And happen to you. <laughs> no, but it just makes sense to be like, think good thoughts for people. You know, yeah. like that's just a common thing you should do. Or like let go of your of your resentment or rage or um, anything and just like have forgiveness for people. And it's it's just like letting go of tension that you could have towards people and just like send good thoughts, which I was like, everyone should do that. You know, it was just good therapy. <laughs> and it reminds me of, you know, like different things can come from different places in a positive way. Like it kind of seems like in Catholic teaching and stuff, you should pray for people or, you know, mm-hmm. like it, like whether you call it good juju or karma or prayers or what like it's yep you know kind of comes back to like some of these same ideas of yeah wish people well because it's better all around it's better yeah. for your own health too I good think. En- yeah it's good energy all around and I think that's what's also interesting like I don't know to what extent I would go to a psychic and be like I want read one of the articles and it said like don't go with like a specific thing that you need answered exactly and even this book you know they talk about it's not a lot of specificity in in most cases Mm -hmm. but to what we were saying earlier if they're just more intuitive and empathetic and like are like even if that's all it is if it's not like a true prediction or it's not a true like even if they just it's whether I believe they're reading like a color around me or they're just picking up on the kind of person I am or whatever like Mm -hmm. I think to your point it could just be very insightful yeah how whatever that means yeah I totally agree anyways what did you research um I researched ley lines I knew you were going to I was so fascinated by them and it started to really freak me out that's why I didn't because a I knew you would and b (laughs) I was already freaked out so tell us more about them okay So ley lines are, they're alignments of either landmarks, landforms, religious sites, structures. The belief is that these alignments are not accidental, but they have spiritual significance. So... So, question. Yeah. Are the sites that are, that you put in a line related to each other somehow, or they just all have some spiritual meaning? They're all related. Um, Okay. So I was... For example, I was looking, of course, I was looking up at ley lines around Chicago, and -hmm. they have different sites. Uh, There's a lot of different ley lines in Chicago, and um, the one I was looking at is um, sites of known hauntings around the Chicago area that all line up along the Chicago River. Interesting. Which is kind of weird. But the ley line that I did the most research on was the St. Michael's line, and So there's two, I guess, because I was looking at one, and there's one in Wales, which makes sense with the context of this story. There's, like, a really significant ley line in Wales. But there's another one called the St. Michael's Line, and it consists of seven sanctuaries that are all dedicated to St. Michael, and it goes from Ireland to Israel. Interesting. And they're all... This is, like, so creepy. So if you look at this at this ley line it's a perfectly straight line and all of the sites on it are dedicated in some way to saint michael and the first one begins in ireland and it's on a desert island where it's said that um, saint michael would have appeared to saint patrick to help him liberate ireland and it's called the rock of miguel okay and then there's the mont saint michel in france mm-hmm. and the saga of san miguel in italy and then there's Another one in Italy, oh, the Sanctuary of Monte San, San Angelo in Italy, and those three are all equidistant from each other. Like, they're all the wow. exact same distance. That's interesting. Yeah. And then it ends in Israel, so it, t- it takes this perfectly straight line, and they call it the Sword of St. Michael. And according to legend, the line represents the blow with which the archangel Michael sent the devil to hell during the battle of um, in heaven. So they say huh. that path marks the fall of Lucifer when he fell from heaven. Ooh, so creepy. So what do people do with ley lines? Like, is it like in the book? Like, you go and search for things hidden on them? Or you try so. and connect to energy? Or do you, like, walk them for fun? Like, what is I mean, the... I feel like it could be a pilgrimage. Like, mm-hmm. I could totally see someone wanting to do, someone wanting to do a pilgrimage on the St. Michael ley line. Because it's all these holy sites. Like, all these sites are either remains of churches that were dedicated to St. Michael. And and I feel like people travel it as, like, a religious pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is cool. So the line is also perfectly aligned with the sunset on the day of the Northern Hemisphere's summer solstice. 
Oh, and they say the line is also a reminder from the archangel that the faithful are expected to be righteous walking the straight path. So it's like, it's just so interesting. It is interesting. There's also um, an app that you can download to see if you live along a ley line, which I'm totally going to (laughs) do. I might have to... I told you I'm house searching, right? I might have to put in houses to see. If there's one on the ley line. And tell James, just like, we can't move in there. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's too close to the ley line. But I kind of like this idea of, um, so I was reading an interview with um, Maggie Stiebotter, and mm-hmm. she said she Did you spoil to... anything for yourself? No, thank God. I was too afraid to read one until after we finished That's, the first I should have learned my lesson. I don't know why I did this. <laughs> she said that she wanted to include myths because myths draw people together no matter your background. And That's I like that because there's like yeah. four, now five if you count blue, people who are going on this quest and, um, you know, they're all super different and they all have different backgrounds, but like myths unite people. Or you can, like, rally around. Well, I, I even just love that they're on a quest. Like, I think I mentioned I this when we were introducing the book. Like, I want to, like, that just feels so, like, noble and interesting. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. There's something about being on a quest that's really cool. It really is. And I would love the idea of, like, traveling somewhere, like, following the path of a ley line to, like, see where it leads you. Or, like, see what kind of... Yeah. I don't know that I would want to help wake a dead king. Oh, really? I totally would. I mean... I'd, like, want to. I, like, feel like I'd be, like. <laughs> you don't want to break into a thousand-year-old tomb see what's in there? I want to, like, do the puzzle part of it. Like, I'd be, like, the nerd. I could be, like, the nerdy behind-the-scenes CIA computer person or something, you know? And you could be, like, the secret agent out there. <laughs> like, telling us where to go and we have, like, pickaxes and we're just, like, hacking through this tunnel. But I also have FOMO. I'd be, like. <laughs> I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go and then it would be time to leave and I'd like have my little bag and I'm like I guess I'll come along just in case you need me to run another computer algorithm like push my glasses up I mean I would feel really secure on a quest if you were behind the computer I would just (laughs) let me just say that I would feel real safe I really would I would be like oh Katie's got me um you've seen my technical issues with our podcast right (laughs) I'll figure it out eventually, but, uh... (laughs) I don't know what kind of quests there are to go on, though. Like, the only one I can think of is the Holy Grail, and now this king thing. I mean, yeah, how do people find quests? That's... I'm gonna look up quests. (laughs) Should we look it up? Next week. (laughs) Okay. Or, like, have a list of quests we can go on. Yeah, real-life quests. I'll either make them up or find them. (laughs) And also... We have to see if anyone else is going on the quest and if they want to join with us or if we want it to be like a Welk, Raven's Boy thing where there's competition and we're like racing to see who gets there first. Yeah, just share your quest journey with us to whatever extent you want, either collaboratively, competitively, or matter-of-factly. I think like a quest can just be defined as like a search to uncover a certain truth. You know, like let's say that you have a theory about something like, oh, I think this person killed so-and-so like should and, we just be using quest more often in our everyday language but it's like applicable to yeah. things <laughs> like why is the printer broken i'm gonna go on a quest and find <laughs> out why well you, my whole job basically this whole lean stuff is like problem solving so should i be like t- tell my boss yeah i'm working on my quest for the fire <laughs> delivery contract but uh <laughs> yes it make it so much more entertaining i, I like this way <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some more information on quests for us next week. Okay. I'll tell you if I go any, on any this week <laughs> at work. <laughs> we should also say happy NaNoWriMo day. Oh, yeah. I and... always wanted to do that, but I never get my act together or have an idea. Here's what I'm kind of upset about because I was reading about it today because I was like, eh, should I do this? I don't know. Which, of course, like I didn't start thinking about it until the day you're supposed to start it. But I was curious about how your work is protected because like – you write this book and then you upload it on some strange site and I was like well I don't want people to see my work and then steal it or you you know and they said or laugh at it if it were mine or or whatever yeah (laughs) well apparently no one even reads it well I think it's more of a like I didn't I actually don't even know like the logistics of the website itself versus just like having the motivation in the community and the like I think it's more of a like let's run a marathon it's not so much that someone like checks it off for you as like you have like a training you you know like it's sort of like a yeah yeah. it's to give you a sense of completion yeah and like write your first novel but because I was reading about how you submit it and you you just upload the words into their website and then they said 
that a human doesn't read it. They just run it through their computer program just to check for word count. And then if you meet the word count, like you win. Hmm. And then they delete it immediately. Well, I feel like that's actually a better, like if the purpose is just write a novel in a month, get writing, get in the habit of it, Mm -hmm. get these words down, like then that's all you need. I agree. But I originally thought, because you hear stories about like, like Cinder was. That's how like some of these books started. Yeah. How the books Mm -hmm. started. And I thought that it was, they got started because someone submitted it through this website and someone read it and then wanted to turn it into a book. And that's not true. (laughs) I think, based on my own life and other stuff I've read, though, the hardest part about writing is actually sitting down and writing. Yeah. Finishing it's the hardest thing, yeah. Editing, I think, is also really hard. But I mean, like, just making yourself not be perfect and just keep writing and Mm -hmm. get into some kind of routine. Like, so many people talk about that being the biggest challenge. So I feel like I should do it just to start writing regularly and force myself to get words out and not, like, nitpick over one sentence do that the next time around and just like write and write and write and write yeah I've actually been doing that since January I've been I know really good and about you it. so inspire me I keep Aww. thinking about how you're so cool and I'm not no I mean <laughs> no because you haven't read it yet and it's and that's there's a reason for that because it's not that good but I no, think like you know it's 10,000 times better than my book that I haven't written a single word down no matter how great my idea is so there you go well, it took me two years to finally start writing this because I've had this idea for two years and I just didn't do anything about it. I just sat on it. And then finally, <laughs> one day I was like, I was like, you don't have to show this to anyone. Like, I was just like, write with the idea that no one will see this. And that lifted so much pressure off that I was actually able to start writing. And, and that's the only reason I did it because I was just like, do this for yourself. No one else has to see it. Likely no one ever will. And because of that, you just have the freedom to like, do dumb things and and just at least finish it that's so good I haven't finished it yet but I might in two years I might start we'll see (laughs) I'm a little bit younger than you so I get a little extra time so yeah I mean also turning 30 really like lights a fire under you because like finally I was just like if I don't do it now I never will so I just read this book I don't actually remember what it's called when by someone it's nonfiction, but it's all about timing in your life and how we interpret beginnings middles ends different times of day and like how it impacts the way we act and make decisions and all this kind of stuff but it's interesting because like hitting a birthday especially Mm -hmm. a big milestone birthday it's change of a decade like so many people will more people run a marathon at 29 than they do at 30 or 28 more people run a marathon at 39 you know things like right before big Mm -hmm. milestones people like try to finish a goal or not it was just kind of interesting that you said that because I've been kind of thinking about this idea of how do I of running a marathon (laughs) well no how do I not wait until I'm 30 or you know like just kind of like keep that going how do I like trick my brain into starting at other times but I'm also very goal oriented and like weird about like I have starts every month and every week I'm like oh I'm gonna start over now and like whatever so hopefully that's good okay but I haven't run a marathon or written a book, so, you know, whatever. Me either. <laughs> but we have a podcast. We have a podcast. That. <laughs> I know. I have something creative on the side, so I can be fulfilled. And yeah. it, honestly, it makes me, it really does make me so much happier. <laughs> I'm, like, perfectly content. It makes me happy, too. It's a, And it's just fun for our friendship and books. I'm, like, I like having, like, goals for books, even. And mm-hmm. I've already read 50 books this year. Good for and you. my goal was 52 and we're halfway done with this book and I'm halfway done with a book I'm reading on the side so I'm like basically you're there two months ahead of schedule yeah I think I'm the same way I think I we both made 52 books our goal this year I think I saw that in Goodreads yeah I like to do that just because it sounds like a good yeah pace, right a book a week mm-hmm it sounds about right and the funny thing is of course I always like take like a month off where I basically don't read and I'm like ah and then I still you always make catch it up yeah eventually yeah <laughs> I've already read more pages this year than I did the last two years oh well, for the whole good. year I've already read more in the first 10 months kind of random this is me I'm like either reading or I'm like nerding out about numbers related to my books <laughs> <laughs> doing math about my books <laughs> there's I mean that that's like a way to motivate yourself too like I want to reach this many pages yeah I like that's what I love about Goodreads one of the things I love is even at the end of the day just entering my page number and seeing mm-hmm. my percent change and stuff yeah I saw you doing that actually on Goodreads and I started doing it too because I've never done that before but now it's fun because I can like see where you are in the book and I'm like oh I got to that part too yeah I really like it it makes me feel like I accomplished something even if I didn't finish a book or something mm-hmm. I don't know 
Yeah, it's like that instant gratification of like, I'm progressing. Our episode's getting really long. Should we uh, yeah, let's hear a joke and wrap it up? Okay, it's my turn to tell a joke. I just researched a bunch of psychic jokes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I already know this one. Just kidding. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> they're honestly, they're just statements. Um, okay, <laughs> I almost had a psychic girlfriend, but she left me before we met. <laughs> oh, this one's good. When two psychics met, one said to the other... You are fine. How am I? <laughs> okay. How many of you believe in telekinesis? Raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I really like that. Okay. Those are my psychic jokes. <laughs> I like it. Those are, they put us in the right mood. And it makes it a little bit lighter. So maybe James is at school and I can read some more tonight without creeping myself out. I can't okay. wait to dive back into this. Yeah. If... <laughs> you're like us you're probably heading out and finishing this book but if you're you can wait a minute and want to send us an email or ask us a question or tell us about your quest you can reach out to us at mnktalkya at gmail.com and we're also on instagram and facebook at mnktalkya tell us all your psychic stories yeah because Um, i (laughs) won't know unless you tell me because i'm not psychic i actually just found out that um one of my best friends from college who lives in vienna right now I haven't seen her since we graduated because she moved back to Europe like as soon as we graduated, which makes me so sad and I miss her so much. But she just, we like Facebooked each other the other day and she was like, I love listening to your podcast. I love following along with you guys. And it made me so freaking happy that she listens. I know. Like all the way over there. And I was just like, that's so sweet and it means so much. Yeah. It is funny. I get like calls or people reaching out and they're like, oh, I was listening to your podcast and it made me think of you or whatever. So really, you guys, if you do listen, we love that you listen. But if you send us a note or a text or an email or whatever, like it makes our day too. It makes it all worth it. It really does. Thank you. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to go finish the Raven Boys and go on a quest. Bye, bookworms. Go get a library card. M&K Talk YA is produced and edited by Marissa Snyder and Katie Bradford. Original music composition by Timothy Milkey. Logo design by Marissa Snyder. For updates and extras, visit mnktalkya.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We would like to thank James Tobias, Chad Snyder, Meredith Kelphy, and Michael Howard for all of their support. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.